You're listening to South Niagara Conversations, a podcast presented by the South Niagara Chambers of Commerce, along with 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM. Here are your hosts, Dolores Fabiano and Chris Burns. Well, good morning, and thanks to everyone who's joined us for our South Niagara Conversation Series. For those of you who are tuning in from afar, we represent the communities of Fort Erie, Niagara Falls, Fort Coburn, Waynefleet, Welland, and Pelham. We're located in Southern Ontario, a wonderful place to live, work, and play. This morning, Chris Burns, owner of 105.1 The River and 101.1 More FM, always a mouthful, joins me as co-host. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Dolores. Great. Great to see you. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Small Business Enterprise Center, City of Niagara Falls. They're great supporters of our chamber and of our local business community. Chris, this morning, we're going to discuss Niagara's housing market. Uh, It continues to be a hot one, but for how long? We saw an increase to uh, interest uh, interest rates a week or so ago. We're seeing residential developments like never before, and we're experiencing prices that we could never have imagined. What does it all mean? Lots to talk about this morning. So Chris, let's get to it. Who do we have joining us? Well, this morning, we welcome back uh, Stephen Kanjar, the broker of record for Peak Performers, and Neville Kidd, Senior Account Manager with Desjardins. Neville, uh, back on the 2nd of March, the Bank of Canada finally increased interest rates uh, to 0.5%, up from 0.25%. So what impact do you think that's going to have on the housing market? Um, Well, yeah, that was an increase in the prime rate, um, which really affected um, people that are in a variable rate product. Um, We typically see 0.25% increments um, through the government when they do that prime rate. But um, the idea behind that is to help uh, with inflation and to uh, control some of the housing uh, prices. you know, it also has effect on the fixed rate market. Uh, but that said, a lot of the institutions um, had already uh, uh, done some of the rate increases ahead of time in premonition of this happening. Um, so the pressure had already been there uh, on much of the uh, interest rate market. Um, that said, um, it's a nominal increase and uh, it hasn't, uh, obviously it's, it's really new to tell, but um, it's, uh, if anything, it, it just reduces the amount that you can qualify for. Um, uh, what happens is people are qualifying based on the ability to service the debt and by in rising interest rates, it, it causes the, um, cost of the debt to go up. Um, so therefore people, uh, sometimes aren't qualified as much. And that has been uh, part of the challenge in, in this market is, uh, trying to get qualified for a home with a. Uh, upward pressure on values. Stephen, so can you can you kind of set the um, the picture for what's happening right now in in Niagara in terms of that real estate market? Is you, you know where are people coming from? Who's buying the homes? Are there still bidding wars? Like what what is the scene out there right now? Oh, definitely, the market is still a seller's market. Uh, we're we're still seeing an influx of uh, out of town buyers. Um, the, the locals have learned to live with, with what they're given. Um, there's those that can and those that can't. Um, and I think to, to summarize it, 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 I guess we'll leave it at that. Those that can and those that can't has been marginalized. Uh, the the out-of-town buyers are still there, the investors, the buyers, the ones that 
can afford Toronto. It's it's been with us for a long time. Uh, the, the, you can't afford Toronto, you, you go move to the Hamilton area. If you can't afford Hamilton, you move down to the Niagara part. Uh, we're still not at par with those other markets, so they are still moving down here. Um, to kind of back up what Neville said, I agree. The, the first rate uh, hike was marginal. Uh, most of us have been prepared. They've been talking about it for, for quite some time. So it's not like this is a shocker and we aren't prepared for it. Uh, those that are looking have locked in. Those that do have mortgages aren't affected. Uh, and, and really the 0.5% or 0.5% increase, or sorry, it was a quarter percent increase, sorry, 0.25% increase, um, wasn't outstanding and we're ready for it. So either you got locked in you're prepared for it. It did lower the buying power is essentially what it did. So if the quarter percent difference is, if you look at the piece of the pie, just a little bit less now with the principal, a little bit more with the mortgages. And if you know anything about lending money and borrowing money, that affected it that way, where you can spend less. Um, we are still very active, very hot market, seller's market. And to answer your question very quickly and briefly, we, we basically went from uh, 30 offers, for example, not, this is not statistics, to 20 offers per offer, uh, listing to 10, to, to now maybe five to eight offers per listing. So it's still happening. And as far as I'm concerned, and I tell our buyers all the time, as long as you're competing with one person, you're competing. Mm. Uh, so it doesn't matter if, if you're with 50 people or 20 people or 10 people or one other person, it's still a competition. And you really don't know what you're getting into. So take your best shot at it in a way. We so it really seems to be an issue, though, of, of available inventory. I mean, earlier this week, the, the president of the Niagara Real Estate Board came out and said in you know their opinion, 2,000 more homes uh, will need to come onto the market in the next five years to satisfy demand. Uh, is that doable? Uh, you know, do, do we have the infrastructure to be able to uh, magically... Uh, build, you know, 2,000 more homes? He's correct with, with the number of 2,000. Is it an accurate number? Who knows? If it's 1,000, 2,000, 5,000, the number is up there. It's a lot of homes that we need to make this thing balanced. The demand uh, from a buyer point of view is very strong. Um, can we fix it immediately? It, it's not a quick fix. I mean, anyone with, uh, you know, half, uh, half logic in their head will know that. Where are we going to find it from? Um it, even if somebody finds a beautiful piece of land to develop and, hey, I could put up 200 brand new homes. Are those homes going to be on the affordable end? Not so much. Are those homes going to be available immediately? Not so much. I mean, anything takes time to develop and build. So the immediate solution to this isn't building new. It's part of the solution down the road, but it isn't a solution immediately. And, and I think Neville can jump in on this because he deals a lot yeah. with multi-residential stuff. We are starting to see more guys putting up multi-residential units. So we are now looking for um, the, you know, the guy that's putting up the sixplex, the 12plex, the 20 unit buildings and, and property developments. But again, those aren't done overnight. They're coming. We see them, but it's not an immediate fix. Um, immediate fixes are, so to speak, building apartments and basements. You know, we, we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, I know in the new construction end of things, um, a lot of homes were, were, were being asked to build and so forth. 
are including a secondary residence, whether it be for a family member, because uh, mom and dad are moving in with the kids because they can't afford it on their own. So they're kind of merging to live at one. Uh, multi-family, multi-generational homes are being built. Uh, and we're also buying income homes where they're asking if the basement can be finished in order for them to be able to supplement their income with a $2,000 a month apartment downstairs. That is a bit more instant than uh, you know building from scratch all these units. But, but again, I, I think I'd like to pass this on to Neville. Uh, Neville has a lot to say about this. Uh, this is his backyard, Neville. Yeah, so um, thanks, Steve. Yeah, no, exactly. That's been a major issue mm -hmm. um, and many cities have put plans in place to, to help approve uh, density uh, applications. So the whole idea is how much can we put into a lot? So sometimes we're finding people are finding a, a big lot with a, an older house and take down the house mm -hmm. and put up a fourplex. Uh, they can do uh, a semi on one side, a duplex semi on the other side. Um, and that uh, on a little uh, spot on the street now just increase the density of that street without going overboard and going to a mid or a high rise. But we still have the, uh, a lot of applications coming through for the mid and the high rise market. Um, a bit of the challenge right now uh, on the investment world uh, for real estate is housing prices have gone up so quickly, uh, but rents have not caught up to value increases. Um, so when you're going into a purchase situation, nine times out of 10, we cannot get to the high loan to values anymore. Um, it's much lower at the 50 to 60% loan to value. Um, so that means the investor needs to put a lot more money down because some of the tenants have been in the building for a very long time. So if market rents at 1200, your tenants paying 600, you can only service so much debt. So what they're finding is if I can find a, a good lot and build, well, um, now filling that building with people at market rents, of naturally increased the value of that building um, just by uh, getting uh, higher rents uh, at the back end. Um, they find that there's less money going into the project that takeout stage, but of course you have to have the funds to be able to do that. Um, so there's a lot of money that needs to go into it in advance before you can take it out at the back end. So, uh, but the cities are all uh, um, on board with approving these uh, deals. Um, they're going a little bit quicker through process um, because of this need. So I think we're, we're all recognizing that. It's just a, it's a challenge because there is a lot of red tape before you can get going. Um, and the companies um, out there to do some of these work that needs to be done are, are behind. So an environmental study, um, there's things called phase one, phase two. Um, if the phase two shows any problems, Phase three is remediation. They have to get into studies of groundwater flow underneath. Sometimes they take a year to get these environmental studies through before you can even get the application uh, for to the city, right? So there's challenges with timelines on how long these projects take. And like uh, Steve was saying, it's just not overnight. So um, we're definitely finding a lot of people rebuilding the bottom ends. Uh, we're finding cities approving these single homes into a duplex for the basement so it could be legal and conforming. So um, there is a lot of uh, um, immediate fixes, um, but also long-term uh, approaches as well. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, if you don't live in Niagara, you don't understand that we're, we're not the GTA, like we're, we're, not, we're not wired the same way. And so, uh, you, you know, we're, we're very lucky. We enjoy 
fairly large lots. Uh, we enjoy space. And, um, and so a lot of these new builds, you know, uh, condos, which we've, you know, condos, um, um, apartment buildings, uh, duplexes, basement apartments, um, we're not used to that. And so I, I know, again, you know, the president of the Niagara uh, real, real Estate Board said, you know, what part of the problem is NIMBYism, not in my own backyard. And, and we hear that all the time, right? Like, it's like, yeah, I got a beautiful backyard with a pool and now they want to build a three-story <laughs> you know, apartment. Um, that's not cool. That's not going to work. That's not, you know, it doesn't make me happy. So the, I think that's, that's part of the problem. Are you guys hearing that as well? I mean, you guys have lived and, and born and lived down here. So you get it. You understand what I'm saying. Little things like I, it, there's so many parking in front of my house. It's not my car. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it, it, these are things we're not used to. Um, we a, a negative part of, of buying a home uh, used to be, oh, I can hear the highway. It's so noisy. Now it's a good thing. How close is it to getting on the highway so we can commute? So uh, it's a learning curve for, for people in Niagara. Uh, we were always that small Nestle community. Nobody like GTA and all the other big cities look kind of like, oh, you're moving to, and for an example, Welland, you're moving to where? Welland. Now it's like, not a question about it. Uh, it's it's like, oh, it's so beautiful. It's kind of crime free. It's this, that. So th there's a lot of, things that locals are, are getting a uh, traffic. I mean, I was down by the Penn Center. It took me three light changes to get from the keg to the Penn Center. And it was in the middle of the day. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what is, is there an accident? Like, like, I'm checking my app. I'm like, is something going on? Uh, and they're, you know, when we get through it, it's, no, this is the new normal. Uh, I used yep. to be able to get to anywhere in Niagara in 15, 20 minutes. Well, let's go, let's go to Niagara Falls. Boom, we're there. Right. No headaches. Now you're like, what's the easiest way? Now I'm going the back way, Lions Creek Road, like trying to avoid, you know, so yeah, me being born and raised in Niagara, this is, this is an eye opener. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of the, even older ones than me are completely baffled. Yeah. I wonder if it's an accident. There is no way. This is traffic. This is our reality. Well, it's, it's, um, it's a valid point because, you know, people are relocating to Niagara for that quality of life. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, those of us who were born and raised, we appreciate it. We, we love it. This is why we're still here because we, we love the balance. We love the, the, the quality of life that we enjoy here. Um, but with all of the growth that we have experienced and, you know, 2000 new homes over the next five years, what does that mean to population growth? How does that really impact, you know, our quality of life? Like we've already started to see it, but it really is a balance. And can we, can we maintain, um, you know, that, that, that quality of life with all of this growth? Well, I think you're also seeing cities putting away some land for uh, industrial right? So yeah. they're, they're understanding that yeah. with growth comes employment needs and it, it comes with uh, uh, industry moving in. Uh, industry sees the growth and they want to be into the, these areas too, right? So um, cities are having to think ahead of time. They're having to put the studies in now. Uh, we've had a few meetings uh, with a couple different development officers and they've been planning this for a couple of years now, right? So <laughs> again, these studies uh, are not done overnight, right? So if you're not on board with 
looking at these things immediately, you're not going to get it when you want it. Right. So um, anyways, one environmental study, we're talking with the city and they're up to two years on it. Right. So (laughs) it's still in process. Yeah. We actually had uh, last week's podcast. We had Angela Davidson from the uh, city of Niagara Falls. And we, we talked a little bit about their employment land strategy and what they're looking at and and, um, how they're, you know, just restructuring things so that the residential development can happen, but that commercial and, and industrial sector can can continue to develop and thrive as well. Because you're you're right, you need both, right? You can't have one without the other, for sure. Absolutely, and you know, one of the things that we're hearing more and more uh, is is realtor burnout. Mm. Um, Stephen, you know. Can you comment on that? You don't look too burnt out to me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we've only just met. It's still early today, yeah. Right, so, right. I'm 31. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, it is an absolute. Um, um, we we haven't stopped. I mean, uh, even during uh, COVID and when it started, we, we were fortunate enough to be labeled an essential service. And, and at first I was curious. I'm like, it doesn't make sense to me. Why are we considered essential? It took me about uh, 36 hours to realize why. Um, when we all envisioned that the market was going to slow down. Everything was going to be put on pause because we're dealing with a pandemic. The exact opposite happened. Uh, why? There's a million reasons you can speculate why it happened, but we haven't really stopped. And, and realtors in general, the problem that it's causing us to be burned on, to put it as simply, and these are fictitious numbers for the sake of demonstrating uh, why I'm saying this, is a new listing comes on the market and it goes back to the to lack of supply. Um, a few weeks ago, we listed a place in St. Catharines and we put it up at fair market value and we said $599 or $549. Um, we ended up with over 200 showings on it. We had 40 some odd offers on it and we accepted one that was about 280000 over asking. Um, we, we listed it at, at 550, figuring that it's worth 600 probably in today's market, maybe 625 if you add, add the factors in of somebody overpaying. Well, we, we went almost $300,000 over that. And my point of getting to realtor burnout there is, is we had over 200 some odd showings by realtors bringing their buyers through. And at that time, we had 31 single family homes available in, in that market, St. Catharines. 31 homes available to purchase, 200 plus showings, 40 some odd offers. And when you when you get to that point, that tells me immediately that there's 200 some odd people that are looking for this product. 40 some odd people wouldn't put pen to paper with, with what they could afford. And, like, and really, we ended up with something and it wasn't the, the far away runaway offer at 280,000 over asking. It was one of many that were runaway out there. So now we look at the numbers again, 31 available. More than that, even just put submitted on that particular listing, never mind on what's available. So the burnout happens here is if you're working with buyers is here you are, you wrote an offer, you, 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 people are like, what's it listed at? 550, what should we offer? I don't know, 200 over asking. And now the argument starts like 200 over asking, like, oh, how are we justifying this? Well, here's the market data, what's happening to this particular style of home in this particular market. This is what we're seeing. This is where we should be to be competitive. So long and short of it, for example, we had 42 offers written. One winner, 
41 losers. Yeah. Those 41 people shuffle all together to the next one. Right. And by then you may have added two or three, four or five more. Now you're competing again and you lose. Yep. 56 offers went in, 55 losers. You shuffle. And we're finding realtors are all running around showing. Uh, I, you know, I'm being asked to view my properties in, in the middle of like, nine o'clock at night in the dark first thing in the morning like when we list the place and we're holding offers i basically tell our sellers hey find somewhere to go for the next five six days from 8 a.m to 8 at night go hang out your go hang out somewhere find somewhere to go because otherwise you're just going to be inundated in this you're going to you're going to be like what's going on i don't want to be calling you every 15 minutes say, got another one got another book and i got another showing book got another show just leave and sure after five days it's over Excuse me. But again, it goes back to the burnout is from the, the agents running around, the, the buyers that need something and you want to service them and you want to get them a home, but either they don't realize or they don't want to hear. It doesn't make sense. And it goes back to the locals. We pretty much, the locals are pretty much shut down. They're mm-hmm. like, I, I, I'm going to make a lateral move. And there's a lot of people, believe it or not, the frightening story about the market is, I don't want to go buy anything until I have cash in hand for my home. And you tell them, sell your house is going to be easy. Buy something first, sell next. And they're like, oh, two mortgages. I might be true. That's all true. But this is the way we need to do it in today's market. And they don't. They sell those. Hey, I got top dollar. Because it's backwards now. It's not logical from, from what we've been taught and raised with especially in but then you run into for sure but you keep running into other problems like you have uh, buyers uh, that are getting fatigued as well yeah. you have the institutions that have to write the debt because everyone wants to get pre-qualified but you you're pre-qualifying on something and they don't get the the, the deal so these people are, are putting offers way over what they think they can afford or or what's the house worth so if we put in $700,000 offer on a $500,000 house and the appraisal comes in at six, do you have an extra 100,000 plus your down payment? Who's going to finance that, that, that $100,000 out? So what right? the, it's a, what's the potential fallout of all of this? Like, like it, it kind of makes me anxious um, to, to hear people buying, you know, we'll, we'll look at a house and it'll have gone for like, you know, just under a million dollars. And we're like, oh my God, like, how is that possible? Like, what's the fallout? Do, do you think that, that the market will ever, I don't know what's normal anymore. So for me to say, will it ever get back to normal? I don't even know what that means. And <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what it means, but do, do you think that there's, um, you know, a potential for, for people to really be in a bind when, you know, they bought these houses way over asking. And at some point when they go to sell, they might not get, you know. It could, I mean, it could be adjusted. Uh, there's a lot of people talking about that, whether, the, you know, the market's going to fall backwards and readjust. But at the end of the day, what we've seen is, you know, building costs have gone up, transportation, your food, <laughs> everything in our market has intrinsically gone up. So, you know, if your build has gone up and the value has gone up, it's hard to say that that's going to go backwards because, you know, the value is still inside of, of what you own. Right. So, I mean, you look at a truck nowadays, 80,000 to 130, it's insane. Like who can afford to, to have a thousand dollar payment on a vehicle? 
right. it's a challenge, right? So I think people are starting to realize what needs to go where and and starting to understand, you know, do I have as much of these toys? And, and we are also seeing people that are refinancing their house to buy toys, right? So it's still sparking that side of the market. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, people are utilizing their, their house um, equity uh, because of low interest rates um, yep. to improve where they're at because lateral movements in this market are a challenge. Like we had friends of ours that bought a, a new house and, and like Steve was saying, you buy the house first and uh, you worry about selling it second. Um, sale happened, no problem quickly, but now you got to get the bank on board. Um, and if uh, somebody's twiddling their thumbs and doesn't get their, their stuff done right, now you're running out of time and, and you got to close on, on the, the deal, right? So there, there's challenges with speed in the market. And uh, I know on my end in the investment world, um, it's even longer to get some of the documents done like appraisals and because these companies are so busy uh, staffing um, is another huge, huge challenge. And many of us are understaffed um, and uh, you know, searching for employees mm -hmm. and you don't realize the impact that that has, but when your lawyer's taking more time, the appraiser's taking more time, the, environmental if that's needed or your city uh, permits or whatever the case takes more time well now you have to have longer time frames right you know we have cmhc deals that are insured for investments taking six months it's it's not for the weak of heart do you have an idea for a small business maybe you're trying to grow a business that you've already started Whatever the case, the Niagara Falls Small Business Enterprise Center is a community service that is here to help. Offering entrepreneurs the tools to start and grow their businesses, the Small Business Enterprise Center is your one-stop for free business information and advice. Serving Niagara Falls and South Niagara, learn more about how we can help you and your business succeed at niagarafalls.ca slash SBEC. And so I wonder, like, for the first time home buyer, God bless them. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, what do they do? It, it, would you, would you uh, advise them? Yes. Now's a, a good time to get in the market, get into the market whenever oh. you can, or just, just sit back and, and chill for a bit. But challenges, Dolores, is where do you, where do you go? Like the apartments are going up so high and these people are sometimes we're hearing about people having to put um, bigger amounts of money into, to, to get the place too. Like, you know, so you've got two professionals. Um, I, I talked to an appraiser, uh, son's a police officer, wife's an RN and, and trying to, to buy a first time house and now new on their job, mind you. But, you know, you're qualifying at five, $450,000, $500,000 mortgage. What do you buy? Right. So and then you say, OK, well, I don't want to live in a, a small apartment. What can I buy for a house? Well, the rentals on some of these places are so astronomical that you know, you need to get in to buy a house because it'd be cheaper. So what we're finding is family members are, are pulling into the pockets early mm -hmm. um, to help with the down payment to get into the house now, mm -hmm. rather than, you know, you can have a bigger inheritance down the road or whatever the case. So th they're definitely working together. We're also seeing sometimes buying, uh, taking their lot and severing it and putting another host beside it and, and things like that, creative uh, methods. Um, 
granny suites, uh, things like that. So, you know, um, families were are starting to get together to buy. And I think that's very, my days, uh, I spent some time in China and I, everybody did that. Um, intergenerational mortgages and uh, living with the parents, that was commonplace. But again, it's the, it's the sheer price. Yeah. So as the price gets that high, we have to be creative on the purchasing. Or the government's got to open their eyes one of these days and start increasing our amortization on qualifying. So they've capped us at 25 years. Yeah. When I bought a house, I could get up to 35 years to qualify. So they've made it more difficult um, across the board. They make these first-time home buyers qualify at 5.25%, which is almost double what they could get in the market for a rate. So it's it's an, it's making it harder for these first-time home buyers. So hopefully, you know, they start making some you know, more intelligent changes and, and, you know, help these people to get into the market. Cause there, there's a lot of ways. It's just, they have to make changes. In my opinion, anyways. Mm-hmm. Someone told me recently uh, that house prices are going up faster than people can save money. Um, and obviously everyone's situation is different, but what do you think the future looks like? If, if that really is the case, um, is it going to be a situation where, uh, you know, my children, it just won't be realistic for them to actually buy a, house, buy a home uh, in, you know, in the Niagara region? Um, I, I get what you were saying there earlier about perhaps, uh, you know, parents uh, helping their children to uh, finance into their first home, and that just may become uh, more of a, of a reality. But, you know, the really concerning thing is, uh, you know, I have friends who who tell me they're saving every single cent. They've cut out everything they can cut out to try and mass uh, some funds together so they can get into the market. But they're actually watching house prices go up faster than they can save money. So, true. Is there a solution? Well, it, it's a hard call because I mean their cost of living has gone up so quickly. I mean, just go shopping uh, and see how much your grocery bill is, right? So the ability to save money is becoming more difficult. No question about it. But I think we also see that uh, some of these first-time home buyers have to be uh, a bit more realistic uh, on what they they buy. Um, my first home was uh, a lot of work, um, and that's what I could afford. And I rebuilt the house over time, um, built it up, sold it, made some money, went on to a bigger house. Um, we're seeing first-time home buyers coming in and wanting the quartz countertops because the granite isn't nice enough, um, sunken seats, uh, the your, your kitchen isn't nice enough. I want the, you know, the new cupboards set up from the get-go. Uh, I call it like, TV syndrome. Um, <laughs> where you're well said. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's a true reality, eh? Like, yeah. Um, first-time homebuyers, we have a, another difficult, and this is another issue of burnout, is first-time homebuyers. We have a thing. If, you, if you're serious about getting into the market, get into the market. Forget the HGTV shows. I mean, and, and, and to back Neville up, they, they have these, the, 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 like, I like to go look at this, and I'm like, wow, like, what do you do for a living? And then they tell you, I'm like, okay, something isn't fitting here. Like your expectations. So before we even start, because our time is so limited, the, the inventory is so limited, we, we do our homework more than ever now to make sure you're qualified and where you're going with this. And if they say our budget's 600, I start sending them listings at 350, 400. They're like, why are you doing this? I'm like, this is actually where you're going to be for the next little while. And the ones that take their time, two, three, four months to find something, we'll look at 
you know, dozens of listings. And all of a sudden they're like, well, we don't, we don't qualify anymore. Correct. You, yeah. like you needed to hit the, like, do you want to get into the market and ride the market to you, to you fix up, build equity, find what you're actually looking for, then do some flips and moves that way. I remember my parents telling me that all the time. I did it. You know, you, you get into a starter home and you move up and you move up and you move up and you move up. Uh, Dolores, I'm sure you did it. Yeah. You know, uh, Chris, I'm sure you, you've done it. Yep. Today, they're like, you know, we have them prancing around our, our subdivisions that we're building, and they're like, oh, well, you know, this is great. It doesn't have this. We want that. And I'm like, holy. So they're they're actually waiting themselves out of, a, of, of getting a home. Uh, and the, the help here is, is I know the government speaks a lot about helping first-time homebuyers get into the market. Um, it, it's not the first-time homebuyers that at this point, I don't think need the help. A lot of them do have down payments. A lot of them do have jobs. A lot of them are qualified. We need to get that middle market flowing so that the the, the people that own the first time home buyer affordable homes have moved into another home and those open up to them. Right. The trouble is, is we're seeing in communities and, 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 you know, like in Niagara, there's lots of them where people have said, I'd love to move. I can't believe what my house is worth. What should we do? We have another long conversation with them. And again, this leads to burnout saying, what's the plan after we sell this? Like if we put it on the market and it sells, are you going to an apartment? Are you going to live with your kids? What are you planning to do? Like, you know, like, and we need to know, because if you're looking to buy something else, it's a whole new conversation. They all see yep. the big dollar signs. And I remember I sold the place a year and a half ago uh, in Welland. It was uh, close to 800000 was for a regular home. Like, I mean, an average home in Welland. And I got a call from, from a, uh, another realtor, a top dog uh, who mentored me. He's actually my parents' neighbor. Uh, we're, we're close friends. He's a great guy. He goes, Stevie, he goes, I got to give you credit. He goes, he just made three quarters of the population of well and millionaires because of what they're sitting on, right. what they sold for. Right. Right. It was a record sale. He goes, congratulations. You just made three quarters of well and millionaires. And I didn't know to take that in a good way or if I just did some harm. But I mean, then the market ran away again. And well, here we are. Yeah. So there's solutions. But but I think we, we always tend to look at the first time home buyer, the first time home buyer. Uh, I think if we get the market moving in the middle, the ones that are afraid to say, look, I go buy the bigger home, go, go make a move out to what you really want. Like th those are the ones that are hesitant now. And, and until we start getting some incomes and stuff like that adjusted and Neville will tell you, and the trouble is, is you, people get qualified and the majority of them get hit with, and we saw this last summer, 600,000. For some reason, I don't know if everyone got qualified for 600000 but no matter what the house is listed at, three fifty, seven hundred, dollars everyone came in, here's 600 here's 600 here's 600 And I remember sitting there, and, and I mean, I, I got a decent sample. I have 33 agents that work for me. Sitting there, I'm looking at offers. I'm like, what's with the 600 number? And I started making calls to my mortgage friends and bank friends, and I'm like, and they're like, well, that's what the majority of people in Niagara are, are qualifying for. Hmm. So now all of a sudden, whether the house is 300, 400, 450, 500, 550, all those moved up to 600 value because everyone was offering 600. That, that was our initial what's going on here. That was my aha moment where I started to wonder why are we getting to this point? And, and that's why the 600 was the number. And with the rate changes and a little bit of an increase here and there, we're going to see that again. We're going to see a ceiling set. 
And I think the prices are going to, uh, they're not going to go down because we're, we're, we're not even at Grimsby or Beansville pricing. Right. In so we haven't even caught up to our market. So, and it always baffled me. Why, why are we in Niagara so much more affordable than a 15 minute drive down the road? Mm-hmm. People have discovered, you know, the golf, the shopping, the, the community, the relatively zero crime. If you look at it, they, they've learned, they've caught on. And now, you know, the stigma of you're moving where uh, I mentioned it earlier is gone. Mm-hmm. So, Hopefully, we see things taper off, level off. They won't go down. That, that would just be an economic, I think, Neville, Neville could put the fear of God in you talking about what if prices dropped even 10%, what it would do to, to our economy. Um, yeah, no, and, and that's the, the end of the day too, right? So, you know, you don't see a major correction. And people talk to what happened in the States, and that was an entirely different scenario on subprime mortgages right we've built those safeguards into our system the states you could back when that's, everything that's, fell through the toilet you could lend to a hundred percent value on a house right so yeah. i started off my career uh, doing mortgages in buffalo mm-hmm. and and we could get uh, whatever so you're selling the house for 500 grand my appraiser says six i could write the mortgage for six not what you paid for it and then i could give you a hundred thousand dollars cash in your pocket to buy a pool or a car or whatever you wanted. And then I could set the interest rate at a, a below prime amount. Um, and as interest rates went up, you stepped, kept paying the low amount. didn't matter. So it created negative equity. It started getting worse and worse. And, and then your, your mortgage came due. Uh, your $700,000 mortgage was now at 800,000 because you haven't been paying enough. And, uh, bankruptcy rules in the states uh you can go bankrupt and buy a house it's uh, part of their freedoms and and abilities through uh freddie may and freddie mac um so what people did they went bankrupt passed the keys to the bank and walked across the street and rebought their house again <laughs> so it, it was a a, a frolly of of problems in the institutions and the ability to, to have a bank also very different than in Canada. Um, uh, they don't need uh, as much money on deposit to open up a bank. So you see a lot of mom and pop shops, right? So we don't have that in, uh, issue in, in Canada um, with our institutions or the way we lend money. Um, so uh, again, we have these safeguards put into place. Um, but uh, the, the big thing is the, the rules in which we qualify people on. So these are dictated to us by the government. And until the government starts making some adjustments to, to see that, you know, not everybody makes a hundred grand plus because they work for the government. Um, you know, I don't know where they're doing their math on, on what people can qualify for, but they have to open up to, to uh, incomes are not there yet versus the prices and, and then do the math on, on a mortgage and say, okay, we need to um, change the qualifying rules. Um, I, you know, I think that's the, the challenge of the hour. But uh, like Steve was saying, if, if people can help and get them into the market and, and get in, well, now you can ride those rates upwards. So you're still gaining equity and building your, your, your net worth over time. And then as your, your wages naturally go up over time, well, now you can qualify for more. And we're, what we're finding is instead of people going sideways and selling their house, like Steve was saying, and, and opening up those properties for other people, they're rebuilding them. They're uh, renovating them. Yeah. They're putting an addition onto the house because of not having enough room for the kids. So instead of buying a new house, 
let's just make a little change here and I'll renovate the basement, right? So we're seeing the construction industry going really mad. Um, and it's obviously driven up prices as well. So um, it's hard to see a slowdown in, uh, in the future. I think that, you know, you know, it may taper off a little bit, but we're not going to drop through the toilet. Like it's... It, it is nothing we were seeing now that hasn't happened in other markets. Um, I'm in this business for 26 years. And even when I first started, I was in, in, involved in the development and new, new construction and, and, and so forth. And, and I've been hearing it since I started about the Toronto bubble. Yep. It's going to, when is it going to, okay, it's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's been 26 years I've been hearing this. And there, there's been slight corrections, some bumps, but there's no bubble to burst. Like the reality of even Niagara is back to my point, we haven't even hit Grimsby or Beamsville. So we're going to see a leveling off of, of the golden horseshoe, so to speak. And it's, we're not out of whack. It's not like, where do we get these numbers from? Yes, it's shocking. It blows my mind. There's days I'm scratching my head. I'm like, where are they coming? Where's the money? Like, I don't get it. True. I'm with everybody else there. But as far as to say, is this an anomaly? Like what's happening? We're just catching up to something that's 35, 40 minutes away. And there's no reason. And we have a lot more to offer in Niagara than things like Hamilton and, and, and so forth. We have, you know, we're, we're, we're the same time. price. You're not buying a condo. <laughs> yeah, we have beaches. We have shopping. We have, you know, the U.S. border. We have everything you want. Great people, first of all. Like, I mean, again, I stayed because of my community. Yep. So to sit and say that, oh, you know, this is all going to go. This is, I, I had a guy call me, he goes, I'm going to sit back and wait till the market drops 30, 40%, and then I'll buy again. Okay. Well, I think and then I reminded we had this conversation two and a half years ago. And I go, you know, you could have bought 10 by the time you bought nothing now. And, and, and he kind of snickered and laughed. He goes, yeah, maybe you're right. I'm like, I, but I, it's not me that's right. Like you go, there's data every day. We get these daily now. We used to get these once a month. Once a month, we used to get what's going on or yearly updates on what's going on in Niagara. Now we get them, we get to put together daily to see what's happening in the market. Not, not yearly, not monthly, daily. The, you know, the other thing that's you know, likely to happen here is that immigration has slowed over the last couple of years because of COVID. And well, it's going to fire up, Chris. Open. And, yeah. uh, you know, you get all those immigrants coming in looking to buy houses, uh, uh, I, I have a real estate friend who who told me that, and, and echoing really what 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 you've both said today, buy a house today because tomorrow it's going to be more expensive, and uh, it just seems to be common sense, doesn't it? Stephen and Neville, thank you so much for joining us today. You provided us with some great insight. Really appreciate it. Thank you for being here. And Dolores, Pleasure. tell us about next week. Yeah, yeah. Next week, we're going to welcome Daniel Turner. He's the Economic Development Officer with the uh, Town of Fort Erie. Uh, this border community has seen its fair share of challenges over the past two years. But if you take a drive through town, there is lots going on. We'll hear all about it. To all of our listeners, send us the topics that you're talking about because we want to talk about them too. Thanks again for tuning in and have yourselves a wonderful day.